0: Being a teenager is not an experience for the faint of heart. Your hormones are raging. You're still trying to figure out who you are. You're embarrassed about just being alive. And a lot of us make some pretty terrible decisions during that time. From hairstyles to participating in risky dares teenagers are often well known for making decisions without considering the possible repercussions. But as bad as some of those decisions may be, few rank higher than murder. My name is Brienne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss one of Finland's most shocking and technically unsolved murders, the Lake Bodom murders. It was the summer of 1960 when four teens decided to head out for a camping adventure. The four teens were Myla Barklund, Maki. Seppo Boysman and Nils Gustafson. The girls were 15 and the boys, or rather men, were 18. This group actually consisted of two couples. Milo was dating Nils and Anya was dating Seppo. the two couples decided to head out for a camping trip by the shore of Lake Bodom. It was a fairly popular spot, and the night should have been full of revelry and laughter. Unfortunately, at some point, it took a dark turn. Now, what happened next in the story depends on who you ask. Nils Gustafson or the local police. But let's start with the call police received. They were informed that there was a violent attack upon four young victims, and that there was only one survivor. For now, we're going to focus on Nils' account. He was the sole survivor of the incident, and he claimed that while the group was in the tent, They were attacked from outside. Someone came by with a knife and violently stabbed everyone. In the attack, he took several blows to the face and was fairly banged up with a couple of minor stab wounds, but he was without question the least damaged out of the group, even though he really should have been a primary target. Most notably, he had a fractured jaw. He was found unconscious on top of the tent with Mila. Their two friends were dead inside, and several obscure items were also missing. Gustafson claimed that a man attacked them, and that he was unconscious until they were found the next morning. The police investigation began. There is a lot of controversy surrounding this case because of the way that this investigation unfolded. To put it nicely, people believe that the police were fairly incompetent in their handling of the case. They never actually blocked off the area, and in a search for the lost items, they called in a bunch of local soldiers that stomped through the scene, making it even harder to gather evidence from. Most of the missing items were never recovered despite the search, so the damage to the crime scene was really for nothing in the end. Pairing this with the fact that a bunch of random people went walking through the scene to check it out, because, again, nothing was stopping them, damage was really done to this crime scene. To make matters worse, they didn't even write out a formal report, so most of the details were lost. For really obvious reasons, people were pretty upset about this. Here was this terrible crime, and the local police couldn't seem to be bothered to do any part of their jobs correctly. And the items that went missing also seemed really odd. The most prominent items that went missing were the keys to their motorcycle and Gustafson's shoes. Now, a case can certainly be made that they stole the motorcycle keys to steal the motorcycles, but there was just one problem, and that was that the motorcycles were still there. You could say that they took the keys to make sure that any survivors couldn't find help, but it seems like they went through a lot to make sure that everyone was more or less dead, so this seems like kind of a stretch. The other big missing item was Gustafson's shoes. He was found barefoot on top of the tent, and his shoes were nowhere to be found. At least initially. The only recovered item from the scene was those shoes, which were a ways away, somewhat hidden, and covered in the blood of three of the victims. Gustafson was hailed as the lucky survivor of a terrible attack, and police began to look for suspects. There were three known suspects for these murders, but since the case was never officially closed, the truth is that anyone could have done it for all we know. The first was an angry man who was known to terrorize the area. People often saw him screaming at people, hurling rocks at them, and cutting down tents. This is obviously some very bizarre and horrific behavior, but does it imply that he was capable of slaying an entire group of teenagers? Police don't seem to think so. In fact, some reports say that the man openly talked about having committed the crime, but police still didn't believe that he did it. They believed that he was a deeply disturbed man who simply wasn't in the right headspace, and that he was likely painting a narrative without fully understanding what was going on. Nine years later, he drowned himself in that very lake. At least, that's the prevailing theory surrounding his death. Is it possible that he committed suicide because of a guilty conscience? We'll never know, and since police fail to obtain any DNA, it is unlikely that it could be proven anyway down the line. The other prominent suspect was a local man who had some wild rumors swirling around him. Many believe that he was a former KGB spy, but it really sounds like he was just a guy who was quiet and kept to himself, so naturally, people thought he was a deranged murderer. Quiet people, you know how it is. But... In defense of this theory, he did show up at a hospital right after the murder, covered in dirt and blood. And staff referred to him as aggressive and nervous, so maybe it is always the quiet ones. The third suspect actually wasn't revealed for over 40 years, and when the arrest was made, it shook locals to their core. Police arrested none other than Nils Gustafson, and they had quite the story to tell. In the police retelling of the story, Gustafson was drunk and belligerent, leading the girls and his friend to leave him outside of the tent. They said that his actions turned into a fight, and that this fight with his friend was how he sustained all of the injuries to his face, and the broken jaw. They believe that, fueled by rage, he killed everyone at the campsite. That's a pretty intense story, right? But it does kind of make sense. Maybe not the whole thing, because it does seem like they are really guessing at pretty much everything, but... At least the Gustafson being the murderer part. He actually matched the description of the man local witnesses claimed to have seen leaving the tent. There was also the fact that police found his blood-covered shoes, which seems like a pretty odd thing for a killer to take, and then abandon. Especially considering Gustafson's blood wasn't on them, which is obviously suspicious. And then, there was the state of Myla's body. While all three victims were violently stabbed and bludgeoned, there was no denying that Myla took the brunt of the attack. She was naked from the waist down and had been continuously stabbed well after her death. Then, there was the fact that the timeline for Gustafson's injuries didn't really line up with everyone else's deaths or injuries. Police believe that he killed them, stole and hid the items, returned back to the scene, then inflicted superficial wounds on himself and basically pretended to be unconscious until someone stumbled across them. There really isn't any biological explanation for why he was unconscious for so many hours, which I do also think is pretty weird. Gustafson retaliated by claiming that they were clearly attacked by multiple people due to the extent of the attack, but it didn't work. At least, not at first. One year after his arrest... Gustafson was acquitted of the charges because they didn't have enough to tie it to him. To this day, locals still wonder what happened. So, if you want to discuss camping trips, how drinking has a tendency to show true colors, or how not to manage a crime scene, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys.